week, we're joined by Richard Valter, founder of Muse, to discuss whether the return of New York is more Madonna or more flash dance, and to wonder whether the pandemic will have taught hoteliers how to better rinse their real estate. And is being in hotels really like being in the civil service? And welcome to New Tricks, the weekly podcast from New Dog PR. I am Emily Newman. We have Catherine with us from Paris. How are you, Catherine, from Paris? I'm very good. I'm just, if you hear my voice moving slightly, it's because I have to keep turning around because the dog is like doing that thing where they sniff around like a very new rug. And this isn't my house. (laughs) No, 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 don't. Because he did a bad thing on that rug yesterday. You know how they have that kind of terrible sensory memory. They think something smells bad here. Maybe I can make it worse. And it is, it is World Animal Day, so it would be fitting if he celebrated that live on the podcast. By being an animal. <laughs> He's meandered off now in a kind of a slinky, kind of scar from Lion King way. <laughs> we'll all wait for some live podcast buddy action and see what happens in real time. And we'll just say, no, no, not there. No, no, I'm French. I don't understand you. Um, and as our as our animal behaviourist third voice to the podcast this week, um, it, we have Richard Volter, who's the founder of Muse. Richard, welcome. You are very, very welcome on Nutrix um, for all your animal behaviour skills and perhaps some technology and biscuit chat and anything else you have to offer. How are you? Very, very well. A little bit jet lagged. If mildly jet lagged. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, where are you jet lagged from, Richard? I am jet lagged from uh, from uh, America. Uh, so I, I seem to have uh, timed it so that I would um, I would be able to go through. I, I think I must have been one of the first people to go through that whole new vaccine regimen uh, because it started uh, today, uh, I guess at midnight. So um, I landed at six a.m. And uh, and now ambulance people from America can just come into this country with just one test rather than two tests. I always I love those six a.m. landings because in, I, you see all the people who've got off your flights and they slowly kind of dissipate, unfurl into the rest of the world. You sort of you get so if you get you know you either see them at the taxi rank or at the underground. You think oh there's a couple of people and you can see them slowly become diluted by the rest of the population. But you know there's a whole load of people out there who haven't slept last night <laughs> and they're just bumbling around waiting until an appropriate time to go to bed. Yeah, the populace just doing that thing when they when they come out the arrivals hall and they're just like sniffing around like animals for a Costa coffee. Oh, that's when Costa swoops in <laughs> with all its caffeinated them. needs. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> How was New York? Was it was it as dead as promised? My answer, Republican. Uh, no, like New York is back. Like I, so I moved there, I guess, two years ago. And I've got to say, like the last, the, the summer and now like we've got like, an incredible autumn, which everyone annoyingly calls fall. Um, uh, but it is absolutely beautiful. I never actually knew how sunny New York actually is. I, I always just assumed that the um, that the weather is very similar to London. And it isn't. It's actually beautiful. But it is really, really hot during the summer. Um, but the autumn is unbelievably beautiful. Very crisp, crisp, I recall. Yeah. And, and still quite warm as well. So, um, yeah, but very, very sunny. 
they don't tell you that about New York. It sounds like it's a, it's it's a vibrant in terms of activity, people moving around, enjoying some hospitality. It's super vibrant, and and what's so nice as well is that they um, so during the pandemic, every every single restaurant in order to survive kind of built these huts uh, in the middle of the street, and the good thing is that they're still there, and it just feels that they've actually kind of gentrified the streets. Uh, so yeah. So it, it's actually, it's a much better, more livable place. And because the roads in New York are so bad, um, uh, you know, you, you kind of, you actually quite like the fact that they, they put basically like carpets and shelving and um, other structures basically on that, on that road. So it's great. Like it's, it's actually a fantastic place to be. I recommend it to everyone. So um, first November, I hope everyone comes to New York. Of course. And uh, so has it, is it New York back to the way it was in 2019? Is it New York pre-Giuliani? Is it New York, or is it a whole new New York, which is a way of uh, finding out what sort of New York we're all enjoying? Everyone's wearing bell trousers and just like you know, doing the Bee Gees. <laughs> and, yeah. and also like with, what are those like fly, fly tip knives or whatever, you know, where you go like. Chuk, 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 chuk. Oh, yes. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. What are they called? Oh, yeah. So they, 80, they were big in the seventies or eighties. Yeah. Yeah, seventies, eighties. So presumably at some point you'll see Madonna um strutting around in her yes. Yeah. Camp at Hope. Classic New York. Classic New York. Everyone's wearing tank tops and um and very short leather. Um uh, everything short leather. And do they suddenly burst into like spontaneous synchronized dance? They should. That, that is what would make it New York for me. I'm going, I'm buying my flight. Sold. Sold, sold. So all we needed was a good pandemic to get that outdoor hospitality thriving, leather's back, it's all good. Yeah. I like. I don't think the, the hotels are really suffering in New York. And I think that that's, it, it's also one of those things where um, if you look at the recovery in in New York, I think there everyone's still super gloomy uh, because the, the the tourists are basically not back. So some of the internal tourists are back, but I think the um, the occupancies are kind of they're not as bad as they were before, which was I think kind of in the low thirties uh, when everyone just had to pretty much shop the hotels. I think now they're back up to the the kind of the, the mid fifties um but yeah it's still it still doesn't feel like a tourist town it feels like a town for locals which the locals love um but i don't think the hoteliers are very very happy but i think everyone's kind of waiting until that that those transatlantic routes open up again um and i think that that that's the main thing that's kind of animating i think most hoteliers over on that side of the uh, uh of the pond they're just waiting for that to actually kind of um, open up again. Whereas the rest of the US, I think, has been kind of, I'd say, modestly thriving in the last in the last year. Um, I think everyone everyone has seemed to kind of learn how to to live with the pandemic. But I think New York is still really really suffering. So, do you think that the hoteliers there? Because we've got all the American tourists are over here in Paris at the moment. We are it's absolutely completely and utterly infested. It's like, all, and all the hotels have reopened, and I haven't had a chance to see what their occupancies and things are. But it's, but it's foreign voices everywhere, and in all the restaurants, and buying jackets, and going to Fashion Week. 
leather leather jackets that they can wear in New York because it's the yeah, season. They're going to come back, and then you'll see them in a few weeks' time when they come back. And I'll be like, oh, Balenciaga. I bet. Oh, I knew one. Yeah, no, I, I was, they had a huge Balenciaga poster in um, next to the Louvre for Fashion Week, and and it made me sad for Balenciaga. I'm thinking that's not sounding like my parents watching the clothes show in the 90s and the 80s now. And that's not, you couldn't wear that. Well, you could wear that shopping. Technically, you could wear that mugging. But, <laughs> but I thought, no, no. I saw that they dressed the Arc de Triomphe as well. Oh, Christo. Yeah, the son of Christo. And he wrapped it. Actually, the last Christo I saw was in New York in um, Central Park when they um, tried to wrap Central Park, which is very hard to do. Um, so that there was a lot of orange and a lot of billowing, I recall. Um, so yes, lovely effort there. It's kind of coming down. I went past it today and I thought, is it, is it coming down or it was quite stormy last night? Did they not lash it down properly and it's come off? Or is it meant to come off and that's telling me something about that? And I don't know what that means. So yes. It's a ponder. Exactly. So should all the all the hotels in New York be trying to attract the domestic market by making people have meetings there or finding other uses for the rooms or I I feel like I, I, I do think that the one thing that is I guess kind of sad about the pandemic is that um I'm not sure that we as hoteliers have kind of found alternate sources of income i think everyone's just waiting for 2019 to come hurrying back um and i think that that's like i think in in most major cities basically everyone's just like please 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 can everything just come back to normal and i think that that's one on the side of the hoteliers and i think the second um is i think everyone's kind of a bit manic about what's going to actually happen to commercial real estate as well. Um, which I like, I, I personally think that it's going to actually be pretty good for hotels because they're the most multifunctional spaces. So, you know, you, I, I do think that in the future you will see hotels being to being able to kind of operate in multiple, multiple guises as, you know, as temporary uh, offices or, you know, I think that I think that hoteliers will will learn to actually kind of learn to embrace all of the like terrible new nouns that we're creating for whatever comes next, whether it's pleasure or um, workations and all of those things. I I think in some ways hoteliers will will learn to adapt, but I think those um, the the commercial real estate. I do think that. You know, we do have too many offices and I don't think people really, really like being in the same offices uh, as before. Um, and then, you know, there might be, but then again, nobody really has any kind of um, uh, residential space. And I think that that's maybe a trend that we'll see. Um, and I think it's going to, yeah, it's going to be super pronounced in basically places like New York because there's just so many offices. Well, I remember the great warehouse phase of, of the early 90s in New York where everyone was taking over office buildings and turning them into residential, which then became fancy warehouses because it was all cheap. But I'm, I'm wondering to myself whether it's going to be like single-use plastics where there'll be no longer any single-use real estate. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to trademark that. I think you should. 
Yes. No, it's good. Yeah. Re- recycle. Recycle your space. Yes. Well, I suppose recycle space is that it's, it's has has to have multiple uses. So reuse, yeah. recycle, re whatever the other one is. Re. Yeah. Utilize it to the max. Yeah. Exactly. Rinse out your real estate. Well, I guess that like that's that's fundamentally what news actually is you know here to do or this is like our our kind of like long-term uh thought is the idea that that we will actually be able to um you know create uh, the conditions for for hoteliers to actually kind of get the most out of their spaces and um so, so that is something that you know i'm hoping it's one of those kind of like uh, fantasies that I that I have that that slowly over time that that will become a uh, a reality, um, but yeah, I don't know whether it's kind of wishful thinking at this point, uh, but that's I think why the next five years are going to be really really exciting. Have you seen hoteliers come to you and say, "You must help me with my ballroom"? No, but I, so um, we do have. Uh, I guess basically we do have this thing called space time, which is, you know, we're trying to simplify every single thing in the, in the um, property management system so that you can have different types of spaces, different types of services actually being able to be sold through the, through the PMS. And the one thing that we are realizing is just how, um, how much demand there is for specific kind of meeting spaces for event spaces, all of those things that and you just need to stick a good, uh, booking engine on top of them uh, in order for them to actually kind of be be sold i think the problem is that most sales teams in the hotels are set up for hotel like services so it's like you know will you come and stay and if you do stay we have a meeting room for you rather than saying you know do you live within 50 miles of our meeting room you could use it for the day um and i think that that I think that there's a bunch of hoteliers who have been pretty good and entrepreneurial about that. And I wonder if that's one of those things where it's just, you know, a few hoteliers being entrepreneurial through the crisis and actually being able to kind of, you know, survive through any means necessary, or whether it's actually a kind of trend that we'll continue to see. I, I do think that, you know, if, um, you know, the, the internet has this ability to, to, to use up available kind of processing power and things like that through through cloud computing and i feel that that is the revolution that should come to physical spaces as well uh, so if you have like a nice roof terrace something like that you should be able to actually kind of let it be booked out to to you know 80 percent occupancy rather than just waiting for that one conference that might want to kind of like do drinks there and things like that and like and again, I think that, you know, that in places where real estate is um, is very, very expensive, like New York, I think, like um, uh, like London, you do get more usage out of these spaces. Um, and I just think that the easier it becomes to book and the easier the discoverability of these types of services actually kind of becomes, then the more they'll get used. Um, and then, of course, that'll bring other different types of operational challenges and things like that you might need to kind of have housekeeping which is more 24 hours rather than you know a few hours in the morning before check-in um but i do think that you know it, it should lead to basically something which 
um, kind of brings you closer to a hundred percent of of space usage, basically, rather than thinking about it from the uh, the, the the point of view of you know that uh, that kind of twenty hour life cycle between check in and check out uh, that that most hotels seem to kind of operate through. And this is all well and good, and I get this. It's all making a lot of sense to me. Um, I refer you back to your previous point, though, about hoteliers thinking, are we back to 2019 yet? Are we back to 2019 yet? Can we charge for Wi-Fi? What is the cloud? And how, yes, we've seen cracking examples from some of these are the dice that have, this is the way the dice has rolled. This is what we've got to do. We need to go out and find local business. We need to, you know, draw on diff, you know, find, find business from wherever. Um, we can't rely on where it was coming from before. Where, from where you sit, what kind of what, how do you think the general mindset shift towards adopting technology is, is working for hoteliers? Do you think, Yes. Do you think the, the pandemic has been a catalyst? Have we still got an enormously long way to go? Give us your thoughts on that. The tippy-tappy sound is me checking to see if I can book a roof terrace that I, st- that I was at last week. I thought, ooh, no, that's, oh, that's irritating. So you can't, can you? <laughs> Lifetime yeah. research going oh, on no, here. I just, oh, yeah. oh, no, to agree and proceed. No, so I, 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 I went to look around <clears throat> the new Kimpton in Paris and it's lovely. Um, it's lovely. It was very busy. They had a fantastic roof terrace. Um, you can, it goes all the way around the building. You can see every site of Paris, um, from this roof terrace. Fantastic. It's much better than, you know, the only other place you can do that is the Eiffel Tower, which is minus a million degrees at this time of year. Last time I went up this time of year, everyone was crying. It was very sad. (laughs) This would be less sad. And I have friends staying this weekend and I thought, wouldn't it be wonderful we could go to this roof terrace for, you know, some cocktails and whatnot. Yep. And, and you can't now, book it, can you? I'm now on my third, I'm really hoping you can. I'm now on my third click. So even if you can, the user experience yeah. has not been pleasurable to date. The times you, no. you it's giving How me the time. How many cookies have you, have you received? Oh, so bloody far? cookies. But we do need to talk about biscuits. Excellent shoe, shoe in there. That is, yeah. It's got a separate website. Got a separate Was website. It? Yeah. Hours, yeah, we know the hours from before. It is walk-in only. If you like to book it for a private event, contact us. Well, then I'm not going, am I? <laughs> so there we are. I'm not going on a there Saturday night dance. So, so Kimpton, listen up, shape up. Because I would for sure go there, but it's the end of fashion week, and there'll be all the end of the end of fashion week by then, and they'll be thinking, oh, maybe we'll get some fashion party. So if you could just go where dress in the dark, get dressed in the dark, and then just bowl up looking like you own the show, um, you'll get in. Yeah, it's been working for me all week. So, <laughs> but no. So to answer the question, I I'm not sure. Like I think that um, I think in general everyone's kind of sick of using TeamViewer to uh, to to access their PMS. Um, and I think that people are kind of like, oh, this is a bit 90s um, to, to have to do this. So I think everyone's kind of realized that you you should do you should move to the cloud. Um, and I think that the the point I think about the cloud and about the way that we actually kind of operate is that, um, you know, the, the power is firmly in the hands of the consumer. 
Um, and I think more and more brands are trying to think about, um, uh, I, I'd say more and more brands, more and more boutique hotels, basically, um, and more and more, uh, let's say, kind of innovative concepts are trying to basically kind of base their entire operation on the idea of flexibility for the guest. Um, and especially now when we're kind of coming back and people just feel, you know, that they're, that in a way that, you know, that they, they're able to kind of configure every single part of their life and maybe pay a little bit extra for it. Um, I think that that's what they're also kind of hoping to see from, from, you know, when they go kind of on holiday, um, and when they go and do these things. So I think that it's, I think that most hotels will probably kind of be okay going back to 2019, but slowly but surely they'll kind of feel themselves a bit obsolete basically by the, um, by the end of the, the, the kind of the, or at least in the mid kind of 2020s, if they don't really move. I think it's like, I always like to think of it the same way that, you know, when you go into a cab nowadays, it feels weird to, uh, to get asked for payment at the end of it. Cause you just want to walk out you know, because once you kind of started or using Uber, tap something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like, and so you even do this, I don't know if you have the same thing, but I will be on a street and I'll just be like, oh, God, I'll just order, a, uh, order an Uber. Cause I can't be bothered to basically kind of wait for something or just hope that a, that a cab basically comes and slowly, but surely the cabs get thinned out because there's just not as much kind of repeatable business. And so therefore the consumers kind of learn that actually it's, it's more normal to kind of hail a cab on the phone than it is with their, with their hands. And so I think that that, that's a kind of slow, slow burning effect that I think at some point, basically it becomes a novelty to go into a cab basically rather than, um, uh, and, and for most people it would be completely normal basically to, to go around hailing Ubers and, and things like that. Mm, what the consumer wants, we should give it to them. Well, something that I've noticed particularly from living in foreign, um, where, where, my, where the, the language that's spoken is not my first language is that, that I have become completely digitized because you can cope digitally better than you can cope speaking on a phone. And so everything I do pretty much is digitized and I've become that Uber hailer um, to quite an extraordinary extent. And I know that uh, when the internet was first introduced to hotels as, as a possible idea they might like to get into, they were told, you know, people only linger for a certain amount of time on your site and then they will get bored and then they will go. And that happens to me on, I think, possibly a half hourly basis on the internet. If something doesn't happen for me immediately and work effectively um, in a sort of a John Lewis way, then, uh, then I'm not interested and I won't do it. And that's for everything across every price point. So I've bought a flat recently, so I spend lots of money on things that are very expensive. And I've left ovens and all sorts of things unattended in shopping baskets all over the internet. I just wandered off. And, and How many stayed. ovens are you buying? Some, <laughs> whoever can get me an oven within a certain amount of time and a certain number of clicks is of interest to me. It doesn't, it's, you know, we, we were warned about this at the time that, you know, you've left things on Amazon and, you know, people don't bother, but it works across all of the price points. I was buying a flight today. It didn't work on the browser that I was on. 
I wandered off and that was that. So, you know, and, and, and I'm not, I do have a short attention span, but I'm, but not more than average. So, so, so in hotels, when you can't book these things today, I booked, what else I book on the line today? The vet, I booked the optician, all of these things at very specific times and very specific requirements. The vet's drop down was something to behold, as you can imagine. And, and, and yet hotels, I can't book a rooftop bar because they'd rather deal with the walk-in guest in their desperate hope that somebody more important turns up before the day, which is all that is. So we think we're going to get a big part. But the, the other thing is, as, though, as well, is that, you know, I think hotels are so obsessed with the ideas of, you know, putting nice pictures on their, on their, um, on their website and nice pictures are really, really good. But if you look at the amount of information that an average Airbnb has, you know, it tells you like now, it tells you the speed of the internet. It tells you if it's got a hairdryer, like every single thing. And it's just on one page, you know? So if there is, you know, and, and the thing is nobody, or at least, you know, anyone, any millennial, but I think like most people, basically, they just don't want to ask anyone a question anymore. They either might want to text someone or then they'll go and research it basically somewhere online, but they won't do that thing where, you know, they'll see a phone and they'll, you know, be scared of it basically. Um, and, yes, uh, and me in a foreign country, if I can't, if I need to get all the things answered by text or I won't bother at all. So, and it's just one of those things where maybe you have spent a ton of money basically like on, I don't know, having like introductory drinks and things like that, but nobody really kind of wants to talk to you anymore. Nobody, everyone just wants to kind of find out because they get a notification or something like that. Um, you know, and they don't, I think a lot of people basically don't inquire about these things. So I think that there's, it's getting harder and harder to actually kind of have a good, you know, guest experience or create a good guest experience for the guests, basically, because the guests are so, I guess, scared of human contact in a way uh, that they just want to kind of research every single thing uh, on the internet and find every single thing there. And then, and then they'll, they'll happily kind of do it. Um, but they just, they, they think basically first that I've, I've got to go to some kind of internet repository to get this information. Um, and it's not natural to basically like ask the people that, that are, that are working there or, or pick up a phone and basically kind of call someone about, you know, all of that, all of that information. So I don't want to ignore my eyes. <laughs> oh, see. Can you podcast while have your jumper chewed off is the name of the game today. Yes. I thought that was actually your hand. But, well, so that's good. In my hand. Um, so, so yes, I was. I was reminded when you were talking of, of first of all, a story of a friend of mine whose wife made him walk the Camino without using the internet. Um, she told him that he was becoming boring and predictable, and said, "You're going go and walk the Camino, but you can't book hotels in advance using the internet. You have to cope with what happens to you on the road." She wasn't. She didn't get with him. You have to cope with what happens to you on the road, and you can't look anything up in advance. Um, because she wants to have you had to have an authentic experience or to suffer. I was, it wasn't clear, but, um, <laughs> so he, he did sleep in some unusual locations, but, um, but the guest that does that is, it sounds awful. Like these, these people can't, you know, leave the house without quadruple checking who's around the corner, but really it's that gives the, the hotel that opportunity to create what they want, which is 
the experience. So it's the hotel thinks all those things are the experience, but they're not. And then it gives them the opportunity to create that thing. And it doesn't just have to be a hanging chair that looks good on Instagram. They do. Um, but uh, it's then the focus is then on what they're going to do when they're there. And it being something that they haven't been able to forecast or predict or Google map or whatever else, you know. The number of times I've been to a hotel, oh, well, I know around the corner there's a place that I can, you know, there's a new version here, chemist there. But if all those things have been checked off, all, all that's left is the experience, isn't it? It's something of a challenge if you're a hotel. But I think that, like, that's the thing. Like, you know, my, if I think about it, then the one thing that we might see if there's, um, you know, if there's just a little bit less commercial real estate, then we might be kind of inundated with lots of different kind of supply options. And then if there's lots of supply options, basically that might have, you know, a, um, um, you know, you, you might see basically kind of a downward pressure on prices um, for, uh, for rooms. And if that's going to kind of happen, then, Again, it's that kind of like slow, slow waltz towards, you know, just seeing like, you know, who offers the, the, the service that's the most likely to actually kind of please the, um, uh, please the consumer. And it just feels that basically kind of by being a bit stodgy and waiting for, you know, 2019 to kind of happen again, or at least kind of, you know, 19, 1980, 1985, you know, I, I think that it's it's a bit dangerous basically to kind of bet the, the the future of your business just on the the idea that that everything is just going to kind of come back to normal um and um yeah and and now when you know we're seeing a lot of uh landlords for example do these things where they will you know rent out spaces for 300 days in a year and say you know for 65 days we're getting it back from the tenant and we're selling it on Airbnb or VRBO or whatever else it might be. Um, and they're saying, you know, it, we don't want the people, basically, the, the 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 renters to kind of sublet it and get the upside. We actually want to bake it into our uh, to our rental contracts. And I think you might you might see kind of more and more of these things, which again kind of expand the supply uh, that's possible in a city. Um, that's what Airbnb did with um, Brookfield, wasn't it? <clears throat> they had these bespoke. I don't know how many were how how that went on in the end actually, but they had these bespoke buildings where. But then it did go to the the tenant was more involved when they were, and it didn't wasn't all about the the owner though. I think they got some. But yes, those sort of things were very very curious. Yeah, like I think that they like those types of like we're seeing a lot of that in the US, and we're seeing that there's a lot just a lot more kind of of these. I guess innovative ideas basically kind of springing up everywhere. And I think the the point about it is as well is that they're getting a lot of funding. Um, you know, so it's the same thing that, you know, like it's still debatable whether Uber or Lyft or any of those services or Deliveroo or DoorDash, if they actually kind of make sense. But as long as there's somebody actually kind of throwing millions and millions of, uh, of pounds and dollars and euros at them, um, then they'll be able to actually kind of, you know, subsidize the uh, the consumer into kind of coming there rather than 
going somewhere else. So, you know, whether it's called Sonda or whether it's, you know, a, uh, some kind of new other brand, basically. Um, I, I think that you will just see a lot more venture capital chasing, you know, anything that smacks of innovation um, rather than, you know, saying that, well, that's kind of been tried and tested and it's a little bit boring. Um, but let's instead basically kind of work you know, let let let's incentivize the consumer to kind of change their change their habits basically in this way. So I, I think that, that that phenomenon is not going away anytime soon. And I think we haven't really, really seen it um, you know, fully enter the uh the hospitality space. We've seen it in in certain kind of places, we've seen it in in delivery and, and things like that. I think that what we'll probably see is is kind of incentivized experience. Um, you know, so that, that people, so, you know, brands that might be better at kind of monetizing that that consumer in a in digital way, they'll basically start to have a lot more money and they'll basically try and do that, you know, in a, in a real world example, basically, um, rather than, you know, it just being basically kind of the, the, the first the first instance of this, which might be kind of delivery applications or, or kind of transport applications. If you were going to have a biscuit delivered, Richard, what kind of biscuit would it be? Um, I really like a bit of biscuit. Yeah, well, it's like all the Linz biscuits. Yes, you can have things on the periphery. If we have had cinnamon buns chucked in, as a, and we've even gone as far as crisps. You know, the ones that I like are the ones that are kind of like sandwiches. Like, and there's jam in the middle. There's a lot of gesticulating going on here, dear listener. There's a lot of gesticulating going on to try and they describe kind of look like this. cat's paws. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. You can have those. We'll get some of those delivered. We'll get some of those delivered. Like those Japanese koala bears. It's one to think on. And um, we're, we're chuntering through this. We've reached the 35 minute mark, which has been, which is glorious, to say the least. And, and I think Catherine's still got both her hands, has she? Oh, a, bit, a bit bored. Slightly <laughs> maimed, but still attached. He's passed out now. So with all the gnawing, oh, he's now frenzied a little nap. Baited. <laughs> um, we like to wrap these things up, Richard, with some questions. Um, we ask the same questions of all our all of our guests. Um, some with similar responses, some not so much. So let's should we see what happens when we ask you the questions? Okay. First question. When the shutters came up and I had the jabs in my arm, the first thing I did was? Um, I went to uh, Miami. Miami was the first show during the pandemic, wasn't it? That, um, yeah. People were like, not so much now, but yeah. for a while it was that, you know, they were like sort of different places that were like doing the best pandemicking, And for, for a long time, Miami was very much the pandemic place to be. Yeah. I'm not, yeah, I'm... Hearing it out loud, I'm not really that proud of it. We've all got to do it. It's been a long pandemic. We all had to do what we had to do. No judgment here. No judgment here. Okay, very good. And um, the best thing about the hotel sector is? Um, the people. I think that the... Um, I, it's a weird thing, but I do think it's like the civil service. You know, I think that it, it does still attract a lot of people that are just motivated by the fact that they just really, really love to serve and they really love, you know, to be in service of other people. And I think that, you know, 
it, there's a there's a visceral kind of enjoyment that you get from being able to create products for other people to basically kind of um, create a, a better experience or a better better memory basically that you might have. And I think people it's something that's universal you kind of you like hosting others and i think that um you just get like a lot of a lot of people that are you know very very positive very kind of bright-eyed and bushy-tailed basically about the state of humanity um and i really like that i really think that it's actually it's the most positive um uh the most positive industry um and it's the most human industry as well so yeah i i think the best thing about hospitality is definitely um the people and i think that you know the i guess the morals of this industry you know the the idea of kind of serving people like you know making sure that that somebody has a, a has a good experience which basically means that you're somehow playing a a nice role in their lives. I know that this is supposed to be quick fire, but yeah, like I think that's, that's how I see it. It's like, there's just so much idealism in this industry that I just don't think, I don't think anyone really enjoys being a banker, you know, because, you know, and like, that's not to say it's, uh, it's a bad job or something like that, but I don't think that you get the feeling of, you know, you come back home and you're like, ah, oh, that was great. Yeah, or you know, that I met someone that was great, and I, you know, and I helped them, or I did something. Like I think that there's something really, really nice about actually kind of finishing your day as a hotelier. I agree. I've just had a very lovely weekend in a hotel that completely restored my faith in hospitality. It was a bit shaky post-pandemic. I had some dodgy experiences. I thought, hmm, maybe this isn't meant to be. Maybe the whole, you know, let's shutter an entire sector wasn't a bad move. Um, but, but, I've, but it's all right. I can confirm it's, it's a good thing that hospitality lives to see another day. And when it goes well, it is glorious and rejuvenating. And to be able to deliver that, and change make someone's weekend what a lovely thing to do good we're all in agreement um okay what about um if we could if it could be improved so the hotel sector would be significantly improved if everyone earned a bit more money in the sector like i i think that that's the i do think that there's this new thing that's emerging with the internet where you know you get creators you get all of these people which is fundamentally that people i'm not saying if you're kind of um uh you know posting inane photos on on instagram but like but i think generally the idea of the creator economy and being able to do something that you really really enjoy doing and then actually getting a you know a decent amount of money basically for it um that would be a really great improvement if we could get that in this industry. Cause I think that like nobody really kind of makes a fortune being a great guest experience curator. Um, and I wish that it was the case that basically you'd get millionaires, um, who were created because of the fact that they, they can make you feel great every single time that you're around them. I just think that that would be the most, the most positive thing basically for for the planet that that's how people would measure success is that they've they've been able to actually kind of inspire somebody to have 
just a fantastic experience in a in a in a place and land that they've been waiting to go to uh, for you know three hundred and sixty days of their year. I like that answer. Um, it's very positive. What the industry needs now is um, a hug. Oh. Yeah. Like I just like I think that it's been. I feel like this whole year and a half has just been. And I'm, I, I'm asking you to empathise, but it just feels like somebody taken a, a run up and just kicked somebody else in the balls, and that's been basically the experience. And I'm not sure if the best way to solve that is by hugging somebody, but <laughs> but I feel like that's yeah. I just feel it just needs a bit of love and a bit of um, and a bit of a breather. I really hope that revenge travel is a thing. I really hope that, you know, we get more and more uh, proportion of the country vaccinated um, and people just come roaring back into hotels, into restaurants and just spend lots and lots of saved up money. And uh, and hotels have the most bumper 2022 uh, that they've ever had. And everyone kind of goes like, oh, wow, let's plough so much money into this industry uh, because this is now going to be forever. Um, so, yeah, so that that is what I hope this industry gets. I'm not sure if it will get it, um, but, yeah, I, like, I don't want to say anything kind of boring, like, you know, it needs better technology. It's fine news. If you say it in that voice, that's perfectly acceptable. That is how I do most of my pitches, actually. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Okay, and finally, I'd like to think we've learned from this. And that is a question, not a statement. <laughs> I'd like to think that. Like, I'd, I'd like to think that we've learned that... Um, like, I have this thing that, like, most hotels seem to exist because there's an airport. And I hope that everyone's found out that that we do exist within our cities and we can provide services whether it's to essential workers whether it's to you know the community whether it's to to all of these different things basically um and yeah i I just i hope that everyone's kind of figured out that there is a place for us um to exist even if the airport is shut down um and that that we have a, a a role to play um and i I hope that that's the one thing that everyone's learned from this, that, you know, we have to get more resilient. Um, And if a next pandemic basically comes in, you know, let's say five years time, we figured out basically different business models that we'll be able to actually kind of utilize from, from day one rather than kind of being brought to our knees again. Very good. I like that a lot. You can come back. That was brilliant. We didn't really talk about, well, we did talk about biscuits. No, we've got biscuits covered. I was going to say we didn't really talk. We normally, we normally launch off with biscuits, but we were too busy New Yorking and autumn and all that joyful well, stuff. Like, there were a lot of cookies, yeah, Kimpton cookies. I think that was, you know. Did you Well, you won't get one on your roof terrace because you're not going. No. Well, yeah, and you can't, can't even book a Kimpton cookie. Um, although in defense of the Kimpton, I will say that my son asked for an Orangina because it is France and they didn't have an Orangina because, boy, well, never got to the bottom of how that could be possible. Um, and, and somebody did indeed go and get him an Orangina. Wow. That is service. 
all is forgiven, Kimpton, for the lack of booking, for the lack... Yes, The French do that really well, don't they? Like, I feel like that's the thing. Like, you know, the, the art of hospitality is really French. Yes. Yes, they do. It's because they enjoy food. I'll, I'll rant on about that or another Warren day. Gina. Yeah. Or Gina. Yeah. <laughs> that's Warren how it's all about it. Like, oh, monsieur, you must not be deprived of your Orangina. Let me go to the shop. Exactly. I think you should do your pictures in that accent from now on. <laughs> I, like, just any accent will do. Just, do just it. anything yeah, outside exactly. of my just normal voice. Yeah. yeah, just change it up. Richard, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. It is at the end of what has been a very long day for you um, and a very jet lag day. So we are hugely appreciative. Thank you very much for your time. I hope it's been as enjoyable for you as it has been for us. It has. I've just been grinning, mainly about the fact that, uh, that Catherine's being eaten by her cat but by her world yeah, animal yeah. day dog no, exactly now i have one one sleeve that's significantly longer than the other and i should be passing that off to let's yaga as the latest in jungle <laughs> friends look my unusual sleeve let's yaga and what are you doing with those traders i think the whole thing's worked out sublimely and well we'll see you on the roof terrace soon exactly it'll be my own roof terrace <laughs> see you there <laughs> wrapped up like christo yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Catherine. Thank you, Emily. Thank you, Richard. And thanks, everyone, for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Tune in again next time. Bye. 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 So that concludes our thoughts for this week. Thank you to everyone involved in creating this episode and providing something for your ears whilst walking the dog, washing the cat, chopping the veg, or however else you pass the time while podcasting. Please do review and subscribe if you get your ear entertainment via Apple, or follow new tricks if your ear delight comes from Spotify. These things make a difference, apparently. Until next time. <laughs>